is that God requires less flesh. So the deeper you go into prayer, uh, the, the more flesh you're removing as you go into prayer. The longer you start to go in, the more consistent you are. You enter into uh, a dimension of prayer. You start to enter into a spiritual realm that are, it goes contrary to our flesh. So in, in order to maintain that and in order to operate in that realm, it causes us to remove more of our carnality right? And, and, and in doing that, that's not always easy. It's, it's, it's something that's not fun, but it's something very necessary. And I believe sometimes that might be one of the hiccups why um, we kind of get discouraged in prayer, because there's a process in that where it feels like this is, this is too hard. It's not easy anymore, where it was fun and it was exciting at first, but now that I'm doing it and the longer that I'm doing it, why is it getting harder? I thought it was supposed to get easier. And it does get easier, but there are times where you start to enter into that deeper relationship with God where he requires less carnality, requires less flesh in that. So we crucify the flesh and, and we start um, doing those things during prayer. Um, and we know that it's not always easy. Second Corinthians 12, 7, I, I talked about this last time I taught. Uh, actually, I won't read that one. We'll just go down to verse 9. And, and Paul is talking about a thorn in the flesh, and, and, and he gets this revelation after, after God speaks to him. He said unto, him, unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength. Somebody say strength. Now, this is, this is paramount. This is so good to recognize in our own lives. If you want to grow spiritually, we got we to gotta listen and heed to the words of Paul because Paul got something about, about suffering and growing. And... and and scripture's full of it. It's littered. The New Testament is littered with it. The Old Testament talks about it. But in order for us to grow spiritually, um, we must go through hard things. Things that are not fun, things that are not um, um, entertaining to our flesh, things that hurt. And, and Paul says, my grace is sufficient, or the Lord says, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength. Whose strength? For my strength, God's strength, is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in the infirmities that the power of Christ rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure. Now, Paul gets this revelation here. And if we can get this, if I can get this today, that Paul says, listen, I'm starting to get this, that I'm going to take pleasure in infirmities and in reproaches and in necessities and in persecutions and in distresses for Christ's sake, not my sake, but for Christ's sake. We do it for Christ's sake. That's why we can do all things through Christ that strengthen us, you know, um, through Christ. So it's for Christ's sake for, watch this, when Paul says, for when I am weak, then I am strong. Now listen to that. When we're weak spiritually, we're strong spiritually also sometimes or maybe I would say when we're weak physically or we we're just we're just burnt out but we're doing the things that we know to be doing we're communicating with the Lord and it just feels like nothing is happening and it feels like matter of fact there's more bad things happening to me than good things and and I'm praying more consistently than I've ever prayed before or I'm starting this new prayer life and it, it, it started out good but now it feels like I'm going through things well there's a reason because in order to grow spiritually we got to go through some things right it, it's it's not all about me just saying okay God um, I would love for this to happen, this to happen, this to happen. 
You know, it, it, we must grow spiritually in order for God to take us somewhere. And sometimes we think that we can handle certain things when in reality we can't handle that. Um, you know, as, a, as that relationship, if, if my son comes up to me and says, uh, you know, Elliot comes up to me and says, you know, I want, a, I want a BMX bike. You know, I want one with pegs and you can do tricks on. I want one of those and, and because everyone else has one. And I want to do it because I want to fit in and I want to be cool. Everyone else has one, but so I want one. And, and I just explained to him, well, you're not really quite there yet because you're still on a small bike. Your feet can't even touch the ground on those bikes. You won't even be able to pedal the bike. And what he wants is not necessarily the best thing for him. And, and instead, let's just buy you one size up of a bike and then you can get used to you know, riding around and, and doing that. And, and sometimes spiritually, we do that, right? We... we where I know we're not supposed to, but we end up doing it. We compare ourselves among each other. And we see so-and-so getting blessed or so-and-so um, growing spiritually, maturing spiritually, maybe seeing doors being opened for them. And we're sitting there all the while saying, well, why isn't that happening to me? Why, why, why am I not getting blessed spiritually and financially? Or why am I not growing? And I'm seeing their fruit. They're producing really good fruit. How come I'm not producing the, that type of fruit in my life? So we must not compare ourselves, but Sometimes, God knows, look, all the time, God knows where we're at. And sometimes we think we should be somewhere where we're not really supposed to be. And God's just like, listen, you, you still have the training wheels on in, in this chapter in your life. I know you think that because you have it down and you've been through a couple things that you can go to this level, but you're not there yet, okay? You will get there in patience. But I'm going to have to take you through some certain things in order for you to get there. But remember when you go through those certain things, here's the kicker is that you stay close to me and you stay connected to me because I am the source. No matter how hard it feels and how hard it is, you got to stay connected to me because I'm going to be the thing that gives you strength during all this because you're going to grow in me for Christ's sake. I hope that makes sense. Um, and that will strengthen us spiritually. It will strengthen us. And so I talked about last time things that will help us to pray. And, how, and one of the ways was determination, having determination as we pray. And, and basically this allowing God to put you in a position of... Praise God. Well, that'll burn some time. We do that a couple times, huh? <laughs> Be careful what you ask for, I guess. So having determination is huge, and, and having God bring you to a point of just Christian insanity um, where you just, you know, it doesn't really matter what you feel like. It doesn't matter what you think is right, but I want to do what's going to help me grow. 
You know, and we talked about Hannah last time. Hannah went through a situation where her prayer was, I need a child, I want a child. And there was an adversary there provoking her. And, and, and God aligned her and put her in that position. I believe God was like, you know, you're not there quite yet. You're still on training wheels, just wait. And Hannah's um, mindset changed, I believe, to, okay, I want a child or I need a child. Now I want one, but I'm going to give them unto you. I'm going to dedicate them unto you. Um, so she got to this position in life where it wasn't all about her and her needs, if that makes sense, but it was about kingdom-minded mindset. You know, I, and we ought to be about our father's business. We ought to be. Um, I'll leave that there. I don't want to get off course. So there are times in life where God needs to bring us to that place of Christian insanity. Have you, has anybody ever been there before? Like, were you just like, I'm, I'm sick of doing the same thing. I'm sick of not growing or I'm sick of making. And I talked about this too. And I, I do want to talk about this again. We'll just skim it, but I'm tired of making these emotional promises. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm tired of going to conference or having a really good preacher up there and, and they, they tug on my heartstrings and that's good. I mean, it's great. And then I make this emotional promise to God this, this um, dedication to God, but then two or three days goes by and it's, it's where, where is it at? You know, it was just all, it's not that it wasn't good. Obviously it's good, but that's what we're talking about, determination, being determined. And uh, like determine where I want the will of God in my life. And, and I'm not gonna be satisfied with anything that, I don't wanna barely just make it. You know, um, July 9th will be 15 years I've been, I've been clean and I've been sober and I've lived for God. Praise God. Praise God. And I remember telling God in, in, my, in a tent, and I've told this story many times, I told God, you know, I don't know who you are, but I want to live for you with everything I have. I don't want to just do this half-heartedly. I want to do it with everything. And that's kind of been my mindset through this whole entire journey of being a Christianity, my life living for God. And it's just, it is kind of my character, too, that if I'm going to do something, I, I want to do... I want to do it the right way, and I want to do it with everything I have. But I don't think that we should just settle for second best. I believe that everybody here can be used um, amazingly in the kingdom of God, like unprecedentedly. Like we have our thoughts, like what we, God wants to do, and then God has his thought, what he wants to do. And, and, he, and it's way, way higher than what we even think we can do. But when we allow God to put us in that submission of, okay, not my will, but thy will be done because I know my flesh is weak, but the spirit indeed is willing. And I feel the spirit of God tugging on my heart. I feel him calling me to these deeper parts with God and these deeper areas in my relationship. And I want to produce good spiritual fruit. That is a good place to be, but to see that being fulfilled in your life, it's going to take determination and it's going to start up here. I mean, the Holy Ghost is very powerful. It's the most powerful thing in the world, but our mind is very powerful also. And having a made-up mind and, and having that determination in my mind that I'm not giving up no matter what. I am going to keep fighting. I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep fasting. I'm going to keep doing what I know to do because I know there's a greater plan for me. And not only that is uh, in, in my individual life, I want to see something uh, unprecedented happen, but also in the church body, I want to see these promises that God has given us. I want to see these things happen. And I, and, I, and I say this not proudly whatsoever, but 
you know, I can't, to see God's promises happen in, in, in this church is going to take just more than me and Pastor Shane and Brother Pete and some of the other leadership here. It's going to take every single body because we are the body of Christ. And here's the reality of the situation is that you, some per, people in here are going to be able to th do things that I can't do. And, and there's going to be people in, that can do things that you can't do. And, like, and on, that's how we operate in the body. So one of my goals is to have that unity and have that structure where we work together and we can operate in the gifts of the Spirit and we operate in the Holy Ghost and we start seeing these things that have been promised to us and we already have seen them come to pass, but I, we're going to see more. I, I firmly believe that we will be having service at the Civic Center. I firmly believe that we're going to have to add on to this building, that this building is going to, this room specifically is going to be big. This is going to be a youth room one day. And uh, I'm not prophesying, I'm just speaking in faith. And then there's going to be an addition added on to this church, or we're just going to buy uh, the old Sears building or something, and we're going to have church. I mean, because once this, once we start, the Holy Ghost starts moving, and it already is, it's going to hit this city, and we're going to turn this city upside down. If they did it in the book of Acts, man, we can do it now. I mean, we can do it now. Absolutely we can. We have things that they never had um, that we can use, social media and stuff like that, that is not all bad, but there's a proper balance with it. But I want to do what I need to do to see things happen in my life, happen in the body of Christ, and it starts with prayer, and it starts, I believe, with determination. That's just one of those areas that will help us to, to have prayer and to continue to pray. And then in those emotional promises, I think we've all made those emotional promises. I've seen people do that. Uh, I used Sister Kim as an example last time. I seen her at NAYC maybe four or six years ago. She made a dedication. She made a promise to God. We had to basically drag her to NAYC, but she went there and she left different. She left changed. And I know a lot of people left changed and different because the emotion that's going on and the power of God that's going on there is something I've never experienced before. 40 to 50,000 people in one stadium worshiping God, something unprecedented happens, something supernatural happens. There are promises and callings given, but in, in Sister Kimberly's life, I've seen it and I've seen the effect of it. It's a ripple effect right? But then I see it in my life where I've made promises and I have not seen them being fulfilled. And I'm not trying to get you down, but just to remember, you know, it's more than just emotional. When we make a promise, when we say, let our yay be yay and our nay be nay, when we say something unto God, you know, God, I'm going to do this. I think we should try our best to see that come to pass. Okay. And here's the deal is I know we've all done that and we've kind of walked away from that promise and then that's where that doubt and then that's where that frustration comes in and then we kind of make a promise again and we walk away from that promise or it kind of just gets watered down kind of like a new year's resolution and then with that fear and that doubt and that that all that comes back in right the frustration that god can't use me god, i've made this many promises before and and he's not going to take me serious this time but it's that's not the way god operates that, that's the way we think but God wants nothing more but for us to be used by him to expand his kingdom of God. Nothing, God wants nothing more to bless us spiritually with the gifts of the spirit, the fruit of the spirit. God wants nothing more to see these young men right here sitting on the front row to become Sunday school drivers or teachers or evangelists or preachers or just a faithful saint that prays for the man of God day in and day out, day in and day out.
to be the armor bearer, to anoint the shield, if you would. We need armor bearers. The man of God needs armor bearers. He needs someone there praying for him every day. That burden and that weight he carries every single day, the husband and the wife, and, and it, that goes to the children also. It affects the whole family. That they need our prayers. They need the prayers of the saint. Um, and that might just be your calling, to be a faithful saint that shows up every day, that shows up and prays every day, that shows up and goes to church, that reads the Bible, that does that. You may never go overseas and preach, but you may give financially to uh, global missions. And God uses that to help expand the gospel. You just never know what God's going to do. Never know. And, and there's no limit with God. That's the thing. There's no limit with God. God will go as high as we want him to go. As much as we're willing to, to give ourselves to him, he'll give right back. And he'll guide us and he'll direct us and he'll show us what he can do in our lives. Okay, so I think we're caught up to where I was last time. But a healthy prayer life will make a world of difference in our life, okay? A healthy prayer life will make a world of difference. It's amazing what prayer does um, when you're consistent because it's, the more consistent you are, you start to see things you've never seen in your, in your personal life before. You, 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 know, you start to see areas where God maybe doesn't want you to do something necessarily in that or God's trying to uh, um, consecrate you from a certain area or God's just kind of dealing with your heart saying maybe you shouldn't do that or maybe you shouldn't listen to that maybe you shouldn't watch that whatever it might be and, but you've never seen it before because your eyes were kind of blinded because there was that gap there but now you're filling in the gap with prayer and you're starting to see things and you, then you start to see things in the spiritual realm also so a prayer life makes a world of difference you start seeing things um that you get, you're getting frustrated or you're kind of getting short with your children or with other people and you never really realized it until you start praying and you're like, you know what, that's probably not a good thing. I want to work on that. that that's you producing good fruit. That, that's, that's a good thing. Um, so things that will help strengthen our prayer life as faithfulness is absolutely key and consistency is absolutely key. Absolutely key. Um, <laughs> you know, Yesterday, me and me and Pete and Brother Mike, we were we were doing some dirt work at out at Pete's house. We were back filling holes, and, and Pete had to go and take the skids there and pick up some dirt out of the pile. And in order for him to do that, he had to drive over all these bumps. And and me being the genius I am, I was like, you know, why don't we just fill my dump trailer up with dirt, and then we'll go dump the dump trailer closer to the pile where you need to go, and then you don't have to keep driving back and forth. So we did that, but we put too much dirt in the dump trailer. You know, and, and you know, I should have known something was up when I could, like when my pickup was struggling just to pull, just to move the trailer. Like, I'm like, is there mud here? Why is the truck not moving that much? And it went, then it went back over a bump and we're like, well, let's just leave it here and we'll dump it. So I go and I wanted to go dump it and it wouldn't dump all, I mean, the thing was so heavy, it wouldn't dump the dump trailer, like the, the hydraulic, pump would not lift the weight of the dump trailer there was so much sand and it was kind of wet it was super super heavy and i don't know why i'm telling you this there was supposed to be like a parable in this but i'm just releasing my i'm just kind of venting now because what had happened was we had to start unloading this dump trailer with shovels 
to try to get the trailer to be light enough where I can, we can dump it. And we took the skitter and we took as much dirt out as we could and it still was way too heavy. And we started digging, we started digging, it's like, this is taking forever. And we, I, you know, like, I don't know how many shovel loads we did, but we finally got it to a point where it would lift up and it all dumped out. But going into that, this was, I know where I was going, here I am, I'm back on track. Whew. Going into that, as he was putting dirt in the dump trailer, I was thinking nothing of it because I'm like, I put 40 to 50 square of shingles in that thing. I put thousands of thousands of pounds in that dump trailer. It'll dump it, no problem. I know it will. And I didn't know the, um, I guess, I didn't know how much sand weighed. Okay. Cause so then he gets done and I try lifting it and I'm like, what in the world? Why is this thing not lifting? But because it was faithful before all the time, I thought, hey, there's no, no problem. No problem at all. But when that thing let me down, I was like, oh, no. We're going to have to unload this thing all by hand. I'm like, you've been faithful for all these times. And then I thought I, we broke it because it was making this weird noise, you know, like a noise a squirrel would make when he's dying. It's like, and like, what is going on with this thing? But my point is, what is my point? Faithfulness and consistency. The dump trailer was faithful and it was consistent until we put too much dirt in it. But when life puts a heavy load on us, that's not a time we stop praying and stop being faithful. That's pretty good. That was all off the cuff right there. I had no idea where I was going there. I'm glad we made it there. So faithfulness and consistency is huge when, praying, when we have a prayer life with God. And I think Brother Pete made it really really, uh, really good point when he said, you know, if your refrigerator only works half the time, is it faithful? If your hot water heater and he dealt with it for how long, if it's not faithful? Now, here's what's crazy is that Pete would go and take a cold shower at times, right? And he knew the water, it needed to be fixed, but he kind of just lived with it. And spiritually, we do the same thing. We carry the weight of the world and we carry all this anxiety and this doubt, this fear. Our, our marriage might be kind of rocky and, and we know we're not consistent in doing these things and we know what to do to fix it, but we know what it's going to take to fix it also. So instead of stepping out and doing what's necessary, we just kind of, we just take the burden and we just kind of walk around with it, taking a cold shower every once in a while. You know, not being able to dump the dump trailer every once in a while. But God is faithful, and God's always there. But consistency and that faithfulness when it comes to prayer is absolutely crucial. It is so crucial. And I, okay, so here's here, God kind of, the Holy Ghost showed me this one time about faithfulness. It, it was probably about four or five weeks ago, and I thought about this. We get these one calls that ask us to pray for somebody or us we go to each other and say hey you know I got a situation pray for this situation you know would you pray for my grandma or you pray for my my grandpa there in the hospital would you pray for my situation pray that my whatever it might be and I thought about this the other day and and kind of how I've reacted in the past when someone comes up and asks me to pray I'm kind of like yeah I'll pray for you and then I just kind of do a nonchalant prayer oh Lord touch him give him guidance direction done but when I'm in situations and I need people's prayer, the saints' prayer, I really want them to pray for me. So I thought about that the other, the other day. I was thinking about, I'm like, man, I know how it feels 
when I want people to pray for me. And when I ask for someone, and I've been through some stuff, and I, you guys have prayed for me. And I thought about it, and I'm thinking about, and it was actually when Sister Vivian's mom was in the hospital. And I'm thinking, if I would pray for Sister Vivian's mom the way that I pray for other people when they ask for prayer, I wouldn't be too happy about that. But if I would pray for Sister Anita the way that I would want people to pray for my mom, then that'd be different, wouldn't it? So my point was, my point is, is you know, how faithful am I to prayer? When someone comes and asks me to pray for them, am I really praying for their situation or is it just a off the cuff, I'm, I don't have time, I gotta hurry up and pray it and that's it, done. Or am I really sincerely praying for that person in prayer? God, touch them, touch their family, give them guidance, give them direction. I pray that you would guide their feet. I pray you would bless them. Give them the fruits of the Spirit, Lord. Let them live in, your, in the overflow of the Holy Ghost. Or is it, God, just touch them, amen. We're so busy, right? We're so busy with life that sometimes we struggle to even stop and pray for our brothers and our sisters. But when it comes to me, and I want you to pray for me. Oh, you better stop and you better pray and start speaking in tongues. But when I have to pray for somebody else, I thought about that. And it kind of sw- I kind of started thinking different when people would ask me to pray for them. James 5.16 says, Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. So that fervent prayer, that word fervent literally means to be active, to be efficient, to be active. So, so it's that act of prayer that availeth much. Not only that, but it's that act of prayer of a righteous man. And I can't be, now here's the ironic thing of this, is that I can't be righteous without prayer. You know? So I'm going to need to pray to be righteous and then I'm going to need to be efficient and be consistent or to be active in prayer in order to have my prayers to be availeth much to the kingdom of God. Um, but another thing, so that the talking about that consistency and faithfulness, another area that will help us with strengthening our prayer life and building our prayer life is this, and this is, this is a hard one is no excuses. There's no excuses. And, and as I'm telling you this, <clears throat> I understand we are human and there are days where we get sick. There are days where uh, your children are just crazy. There are days where you're traveling, you don't get home till late, you wake up in the morning. Um, I understand life does happen, but outside of that, and I'm not saying that's a good excuse not to pray. I don't think there is really a good excuse not to pray, but no excuses. Just have that mindset of like no excuses. If you tell yourself no excuses, like if I'm tired, well, I'm tired, no excuse. I don't feel good, well, I'm still praying. Um, I I have to go work today, I have to do this, well, it doesn't matter, no excuses. I I, got to do it. And we are in a, we are aligned in the perfect position right now with this, and I'm going to run this thing to the ground, with this morning prayer. We are in the perfect position for God to do a miracle and for us to build up our prayer life. Because we have an opportunity where every morning from 5 o'clock to 7 o'clock or 8 o'clock, we can come to the church and pray. 
And, and we can start to do that and start to pray. And I encourage you to take advantage of that. And I will tell you what, I have seen some ladies and some men take advantage of that for the last going on almost six months now. And I have seen some good fruit being produced from that. I have seen some, I'll tell you this, I'll be really honest and transparent with you. There are days I don't want to pray, but I know if I don't go to the church that they're going to be there praying. And I'm like, well, if they can get up and pray, I'm going to get up and pray. And I don't know if that's the right mindset, but it gets me up in prayer. It gets me up to go pray. So, but I've seen some fruit in other people's lives being produced, and it, it is amazing. It is absolutely amazing. But having that mindset, there is no excuses why I cannot go pray. I have to just push sometimes. I got to just push, push, and push. Um, and the greatest example is Jesus. Jesus had to push in the garden. When he was having a spiritual warfare in his life, when he was going in Luke 22, he was fighting his flesh with the Spirit of God. And there was a war going on. And he says, uh, remove this cup from me. Never, never, nevertheless, now my will be done, but thine be done. And there appeared unto an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. I didn't even, I've never even realized that. I don't, you know how many times I read that verse? And I never realized the scripture where it said, there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. So there, I'm just like, what? Him being fully God and fully man at the same time needed an angel to come strengthen him. Who do I think I am that I can take off a day or two of prayer and be okay? And uh, Paul made it pretty clear when he told us, you need to put the whole armor of God on the whole armor of God on because we're fighting against things that you're never going to be able to go against with your flesh and with your blood. We're fighting against things that goes beyond my mind comprehension. It goes beyond my, what even what I'm seeing. That's what we're fighting against. We're fighting against spiritual things that the only way that it's going to be won is through the spirit of God, us getting down and us praying and us getting to a place where we start interceding in the spirit. I mean, when we start coming against demonic activity, when we start coming in, this is what I'm talking about with that Christian insanity. Like when you go into prayer and you start fighting and warring for your children in prayer, because your child, you may, you, maybe you don't have that opportunity to be involved with their life, but you might see something's going on and it's your prayers and the prayers of the saint that's going to protect that child. And there's an age where the child can do what they want to do and, and, you know, you can't always stop them from doing what they want to do. And that trust and believe it's going to be the prayers that help that. Or, un, or unfortunately, when people leave the church and they end up backsliding and, and stay to, instead of hating on them and being critical towards them, praying for them and interceding for them and fighting for them day in and day out, that God would protect them and have mercy upon them regardless of what they're doing, that God would put a hunger and a desire and soften their heart. And that God would heal your marriage or financially heal or give you a desire and a hunger for the word of God that maybe has slipped away. And maybe, maybe not be so critical in, in doing those things in your life. You realize you're critical and you're, maybe you're gossiping or being a busybody or whatever it might be. That's getting into that prayer because that's what's going to help is prayer to get rid of those things. Because all those things are works of the flesh. They're not works of the Spirit. So the less you pray, the worse it's going to get. But you want the, so the fruit of the Spirit, we're going to need to get into the Spirit. 
in order to see that manifest and in order to see that happen and to continue to be no excuses to be determined and have consistency and being faithful that's when we're going to see those things resisting the flesh and walking in the spirit and when you do that it starts killing the flesh away and Paul says it in Galatians when he says this I say then that you walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh and I read that and I see you need to pray more because if you're going to pray more, then that's one way you're not going to walk in the flesh. Because when you're praying, you're communicating with God and you're allowing God to speak to your heart. Have you ever had that before? As you're praying, you, God just kind of deals with you on something. God shows you something in your life that you've been doing. And, and you're just like, wow, thank you. I'm going to change that. I'm going to do whatever I need to do. I'm going to start not doing that. I'm going to change that. I've seen that happen in my marriage so many times with me. Like God would show me something and like, you shouldn't be doing this in your marriage. You shouldn't, and because I had a horrible example growing up. I come from a broken home and come from a mess. And it's during those times of prayer that God would speak to me on certain situations, not only in my marriage, but in my life, in my life also. Um, so no excuses. The flesh will try to make excuses while we cannot pray, but have that mindset as there will be no excuse good enough for me not to pray. But prayer is one of the best ways we can feed the spirit and kill the flesh. And another thing that will strengthen our prayer life is endurance, having that endurance. Obviously, um, Hebrews 12:1. wherefore seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witness, let us lay aside every weight. Somebody say weight. He says, let us lay aside every weight. Okay, not just the weights that you think that you need to lay aside and, and you hold on to the ones that you think you got. Like, I got this one. Or, like, I don't want to give you this one because, you know, you might think less of me, God. I don't want, you know. No, it says every weight. And the sin which doth so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. The race that is set before us. And then it says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. So give God your weight. Cast your care upon him. And one of the best ways you can do that is in prayer. Because here's the deal. When you pray more, you're going to trust him more. And then when you trust him more, you become more vulnerable to him. And when you become more vulnerable to him, that means he can start extracting things out of you and showing things that, that he wants to change in your life, okay? And there's a proper balance to all of this, to all this. And one of the last things I'm going to talk about, and there is so much more when coming to prayer and talking about prayer, but another thing, in my opinion, that will help strengthen our prayer life, and this is more or less prayers for other people is a burden, having a burden, okay? And I don't know if any of you, have, I'm sure a lot of you here have experienced having a burden, whether it is maybe in, in Sunday school or in, with children or prison ministry or in youth, whatever it is, but having that burden, what feeds that burden is prayer. What births that burden is prayer. Burdens are birthed through prayer, Okay? It is birthed through prayer. So when you, get that, when you get that burden, pray about it. And God will lay something on your heart. God will lay, uh, being a Sunday school teacher or whatever it might be, 
having that burden will help you pray, and then you praying on that burden also. Um, actually, I got one more. I still got three minutes, and I want to talk about this one. Is uh, last but not least on my list is this: stay focused. Somebody say focused. I don't know about you guys, but I got ADHD, D D D D D D, and sometimes when I go into prayer, my mind is everywhere other than prayer and it is so hard to stay focused on things but i think this is a very key factor that maybe we don't talk about much but we must stay focused on prayer and it and like in my life that's one of the hardest things to do when you pray is to stay focused on it because you have all this other stuff you're thinking about boom 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 and it's bombarding you. One thing that I've done is that if I'm praying and I have this thing that I keep thinking about, I got to get this done. Oh, yeah, I got to get this done. I will stop praying. I will take out my phone and I will just put a note on my phone and put, you know, call so-and-so about roof. And then I, then I, then I quit thinking about it because I got a reminder on my phone that later on this morning, I'm going to call that person. Um, because I do, because the, the flesh and the enemy will use distractions to distract you from prayer. So focus is huge. Um, Verbal Being wrote a book on prayer, and he talks a little bit about this, and I'm going to read a little bit what he said in his book about staying focused. And he says this. He says the best way to get God's attention is for God to get your attention. And that's kind of hard to grasp your mind around it, like to explain that, but I, I, I know what he's talking about when he says that. And he explains it like this. He says, when he has your attention, you have, you have his attention. So when he has your attention, you have his attention. A divided mind, a scattered thought, a casual approach with your mind running 40 different directions won't touch God or get his attention. Your approach to God must be with singleness of heart. God will not accept it any other way. The Old Testament example is when a priest, the high priest, would enter into the holiest of holies, um, he could not see outside because the veil was surrounding him. So he was just focusing on being in the holiest of holies. And, and we know how important that was for that high priest to go in there without blemish and, and to make sure everything was done right. And he would go in there and, and do the order of conduct and it had to be just right. He could not be focused or he would die, <laughs> right? And this is what verbal being was relating it to. And then he says, he gives it a scripture in Matthew 6, 6. He says, when thou prayest, the word says, enter into thy closet. And he explains this verse like this. That doesn't mean go into the closet, your clothes closet. It means shut everything else out, which is hard at times. But then he says, you have, have you ever knelt down and pray with several things on your mind? And then he says, did you get anywhere with God? when it was like that. You can't because God won't accept it. The best way to get his attention is for him to have your undivided attention. Now, ain't that the truth? It's when you're going through something, you know, you're busy, I'll get out, you're working and you're working and then you have something happen in your life and all, which I mean, something that shuts down everything and all of a sudden, it's like, God's got your attention. It's because your attention's on him because you need something. You need something. So now we're like, okay, God, I need this situation being moved. And now 
God's got our attention. And he says, the best way to get his attention is for him to have your undivided attention. Then he says, pull the curtains around, get in your prayer closet, shut the world out, and you're about to get a hold of God. That's when you begin feeling the spirit moving all over you, and that makes it easier to pray. Now, is that not the truth? That is so, and that's why I was talking about giving your weight and casting your care upon God as you start to enter into prayer um, because you get rid of it. You're getting rid of those distractions and stuff. And, and another thing that I do when I'm very distracted, I'll rebuke it. I'll just come against the spirit of distraction and I'll rebuke it. But I know that in unfocused prayer, when I pray, doesn't really benefit me that much. And I'm not saying God doesn't hear you. I, I mean, I know he used some pretty strong language. I'm not saying that God doesn't hear your prayer if, you, if, you, if you're distracted a little bit. I think he does. I think he does. But there is something to be said when you have, God has your undivided attention and you're just focused on that prayer. I mean, you're focused on it and you're focused on it. And, and I think that's when God will start speaking to you because you're not distracted by all this other junk and you're just focused with God. And one of the ways God does this, it goes back to the beginning, is when Paul was talking about when I am weak, then I am strong. It's like one of the ways God gets our attention is by causing us to be weak, is going through those things in life, right? And it's not a bad thing all the time. Let's stand. It's not always a bad thing. It's because God wants us to get a relationship with him. I, I pray that made sense this morning. Um, I know I was kind of all over the board. I apologize, but prayer is so powerful, so, so powerful. Pre-service prayer is powerful. Having that an individual prayer, get in your prayer closet is powerful. Coming together in unity together is powerful. So just remember to push, be determined, keep that endurance, no excuses, just do it. Amen? Amen. Jesus, we love you and we magnify your precious name. God, we plead your precious blood over this next service. God, that you would anoint the preach word, God, that we would focus on you, that we would allow you to move in this place like never before. In Jesus' name, we love you and we worship you. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Thank you so much. You're dismissed for a little bit. In Jesus' name.